Welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I'm Megan Pistetto. Me, her, she, that bitch, whatever pronoun you prefer, your host for today and every day. So much to celebrate this week. It's been a bloody good week. Straight off the back of getting unshadow banned, I have even more good news. The nightclubs are opening again in New South Wales. Praise be. It has been so tough not being able to go out and get wasted in a sweaty, dirty room full of complete strangers. I will be honest with you guys. I've missed it. I have dearly missed my favorite pastime. Such a waste of my last year in my 20s. Crucial time. A waste of Botox, a waste of silicon, a waste of everything. So that's where you'll find me over the holidays, making up for lost time. But seriously, it's so good that we are all finally getting back on track. Hopefully life will be getting back to normal in no time. Another milestone was reached this week. Actually, two in fact. Mark your calendars, write it in your diaries. We have officially hit half a million downloads. Yes, 500,000 downloads of So Dramatic in the last four months. In fact, I think we've well and truly surpassed it. We're actually over the mark. I just hadn't realized that we had ticked over the half a million. Maths is not my forte. And as well as that, Spotify Wrapped named So Dramatic as the number one TV podcast for 2020. We've only been running for four months now, I think it is. So not even a full year. So to get those stats and to get that ranking is just insane. And honestly, that is all thanks to each and every one of you who has listened each week, liked, shared, rated, reviewed, subscribed and supported in some way. Because no one would know about this podcast if it wasn't for you guys, seriously. Well, I mean, (laughs) I do spam quite a bit, not gonna lie. So maybe they would have found out about it, but still. I really appreciate all of you so much. And honestly, I didn't even expect to have one listener, let alone tens of thousands of you. So I'm just so blessed, so grateful. So thank you so much for helping me do God's work and for being so dramatic super spreaders and basically just for being patient while I find my feet with it all. As I said, I didn't expect to have any listeners and this all blew up so quickly that I haven't really had time to catch my breath yet. So it has been a wild ride. Thank you all for coming along with me and sticking with me through thick and thin, through the ups and the downs. I hope you didn't get whiplash along the way. Some more exciting news. I already announced this in the Facebook group, but I'm going to announce it here as well now. I have some merch dropping in about two weeks, just in time for Christmas, some stocking fillers. 
t-shirts, mugs, stickers, all of that fun stuff. It is actually really hot, hotter than the tea served on this podcast. It turned out way better than I ever expected. So I cannot wait for you guys to see that. I will keep you updated. Also, I'm going to be doing a Christmas giveaway. So look out for that as well. I think that's all the news I've got for you guys today. All the updates for now. Anyway, I also have some really big things in the pipeline for 2021, which I'm already starting to work on at the moment. So I will keep you posted on that as well. Some exciting things to look forward to that I think you're all going to love. So yeah, bring on the new year. I personally have already checked out of 2020, TBH. Anyway, let's get into it. Time is of the essence and I have a super juicy show for you guys today. Before we get into today's episode, some quick housekeeping. Grab a bucket, grab a mop. If you could please take a second to leave a rating, a review, preferably a five-star one, it would be much appreciated and it helps to keep the show going. It helps to keep me going. It keeps me from hitting the nightclub scene. It keeps people off JobKeeper. It basically just keeps the world spinning on its axis. So please spread the good word like Jesus Christ and get all of your Christian hours for the year in. We don't have long to go. Only a couple of weeks, a couple of days, I should say, actually. Speaking of religion, please join my cult, aka the Facebook community. That is so dramatic podcast when you search in groups. The members already in there will get that inside joke. <laughs> also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at so dramatic podcast underscore at so dramatic media and at Megan Pistetto. Find me on TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, OnlyFans. Just joking about the last one, guys. Before we get into today's episode, I've also got a quick beauty scoop for you. An important PSA about a product I just cannot get enough of and I want to share it with you guys. I am addicted to the SPF 50 plus sunscreen that Adore Beauty sent me from Ultraviolet. It's called Queen Screen and even just the name alone is already so on brand for us queens, drama queens over here. I kept seeing it on my Instagram feed. You guys probably have as well. It's the blue bottle with the orange dropper on top and now I can understand why it gets so much hype. It smells like literal roses, feels like a milky lightweight serum when you apply it, not a thick heavy sunscreen like most SPFs and it absorbs into the skin just like a moisturizer. It's hydrating and it leaves no white cast on your skin at all. Tick, tick, tick. I wear it every single day now on top of my skincare or underneath my makeup. But my favorite thing about it is the luminizing shimmer it leaves on your skin because who does not love an all over glow? It's honestly a game changer in the SPF market and everyone who always complains about not being able to find a sunscreen that they love needs to try this product. I actually can't believe that I didn't try it sooner, to be honest. It's also reasonably priced at $47, but the bottle will seriously last you a lifetime because you don't need to use a lot when applying as it spreads so far. It's a super spreading sunscreen. <laughs> You can find over 250 beauty brands, including Ultraviolet at adorebeauty.com.au, where I will be doing all of my Christmas shopping from the comfort of my couch whilst binging reality TV. I am a professional multitasker. Coming up today, guys. Now, do I have some tea for you? I'm so pumped. Exciting news for Maths fans. There is a spin-off in the works featuring your fan favorites, and I have all the details on the large paychecks they will be taking home. 
Batchy stars Beck Vickerless, Shannon Caraca, and Joe Woodbury, and also Ali Ochin have new lovers in their lives, and I have all the juicy details. Plus, Narenga Amira Singhi, he is the gift that keeps on giving. Just when you thought there couldn't be any more tea to spill, he strikes again. He's going to tell us his thoughts on Kieran and Tim's behaviour in paradise, what was really going on with Brittany Walden when she rejected his offer for a date, and everything we need to know about his feud with Cassandra Mamone. Plus, even more behind-the-scenes secrets from the mansion and the berets. And I've also got more explosive claims about Fraser Neat being unfaithful to Ellie Miles. Honestly, when will it end? I cannot take any more. So much drama, so little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some dirt. So juicy. Some more exciting news to celebrate this week. MAFS star Susie Bradley and her partner NRL star Todd Carney are expecting their first child together. A number of you alerted me to this exciting news when you sent me a post that Todd had made that had him, Susie, and her daughter, Baby, standing in front of their Christmas tree. And it was accompanied by a very telling caption. He wrote, that Christmas feeling, I love you three. Now, my maths is pretty bad, as I've mentioned, but three minus two equals one the last time I checked. And there were more hints dropped by the pair, with Susie announcing on Instagram that she was taking four months off work from her injectables business in the new year, and Todd also commenting, saying that he can't wait to be a stay-at-home dad. Todd's friend, NRL player Mitchell Pierce, also let the news slip during a podcast interview. And another source close to the couple has confirmed the news to me as well, saying, yes, Susie and Todd are pregnant and the baby is due in March. So a huge congrats to Susie and Todd. They look so happy and they really do make such a cute little family. Oh my God, oh my God. Speaking of Married at First Sight, there is a MAFS all-star special in the works. It is going to commence filming in the next few weeks and it will be coming to screens next year. And it's basically going to be a catch up with a number of previous season favorites to see what they've been doing since the show and basically what's changed in their lives since filming. So it's going to be like a little catch up. Now, not everyone was asked to do it. Obviously, there has been quite a few seasons with quite a few cast members and a lot of them are on the outs with the network. So only a select few were asked to do it. This is who I am told has been asked. Keep in mind, no one has been locked in yet. I've been told that season one couple, the OGs, Zoe and Alex have been asked. Erin and Bryce from season two have also been asked. Of course, Jules and Cam season six and their adorable new addition to their family, baby Oliver. I'm pretty sure that they will be locked and loaded on the show. Like there's no doubts about it that they will have Cam and Jules there. I've also been told that Cyrell has been asked to do the special and they also want her to bring her partner Eden and their little baby Boston. So that will be super cute. Martha and Michael, obviously, they've also been asked. Hopefully they put Martha and Cyrell in a room together. A dinner party, imagine. Channel 9, if you're listening, please do that. But I have been told that it's going to be more like a catch up with each individual couple filmed separately and not a dinner party format. So sad news for us. Seb and Lizzie have also been asked. Now, that's all the couples. The fan favorites that have been asked to return are from season seven, Connie has been asked. From season six, I believe Jessica Power has been asked, as well as Heidi and Mike. Season five, it's Dean Wells, Tracy Jewell, Joe McFarlane, Sarah Rosa, and Patrick and Charlene. Then from season four, we have Cheryl Maitland. Now, I don't think they will have all of these people. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll also have extra 
extra people that I don't know about. I have been told though that Innis Basic and Sam Ball are not doing the special. So that's devastating news for us as well. One former contestant told me, I can't say too much, but it is going to be a ratings bonanza. There will be fireworks. We are finalizing the paperwork this week. No one has signed on just yet. One Channel 9 insider told me, this is basically a PR exercise for the franchise after the train wreck of a season they had last year. They want to restore faith in the experiment and remind viewers of its best moments, most memorable characters, with a strong emphasis on the genuine love stories that have been made on the show. I'm also told that the contestants are being offered quite decent money for the special with their appearance fees ranging from $10,000 to a whopping $50,000 for some couples. Now, I will start speaking about the new math season probably straight after the new year's because I just cannot bear to mention it any sooner. Like I am delaying the inevitable because it already consumes us for about half the year and honestly, I am not ready. Oh my God, oh my God. Let's talk about The Bachelor. There is a few important life updates that we need to be across. While it is common knowledge that Adam Todd and Bella Varelis have been hooking up recently since Adam moved to Bondi, it turns out that the reality TV world is even more incestual than we thought. So their respective housemates, Beck and Shannon, have also been hooking up. So it's a housemate double date. Imagine the sleepovers they would be having. An ex-Batchy contestant dished the tea saying, Beck and Shannon have also hooked up. I don't think it's anything serious, just a few sneaky kisses here and there. It's still very casual at this stage, but they're having fun. Sounds like Shannon, who was also hooked up with Bell Cowell from Lockie's season, is an up and coming super spreader. He's having his own hot boy summer and good for him. Oh my God, oh my God. Another Bachelor star who is reportedly off the market now too is Ellie Miles runner-up, Joe Woodbury. Too pure for this earth, Joe. Sweet Joe. He's dating a girl named Courtney Williamson, a mere mortal. Now, that's not the scoop. The funny thing is how these two started dating. Courtney slid into his DMs and wrote him this message, which I have been sent a screenshot of. It said, so I know we don't know each other, but I told my mom you're gonna be her future son-in-law and she seemed pretty happy about it. So I'll see you at Christmas. Joe wrote back saying, save the date. To which Courtney replied, marvelous. Would you prefer chicken or ham? And Joe said, chicken, of course. And apparently the rest is history. The friend of Courtney's who told me this juicy little bit of gossip also said, this is the girl Joe is seeing now and this is how their conversation started. They are full on dating now, so he's well and truly over Ellie. She's also blonde and pretty like Ellie, so he must have a type. Oh my God, oh my God. This segment is turning into a Facebook relationship status update. Next cab off the rank is Ali Ochen. According to a source, the SAS star has officially moved on from Tate Radley. They said, I saw Ali at Maya nightclub grinding up against this blonde guy with a man bun in the early hours of the morning. They looked pretty into each other. I also saw her on Melbourne Cup Day and she didn't seem to be too broken up about Tate then either. She was definitely single and ready to mingle. Hashtag goals, like... <laughs> Love that for Ali. There's nothing wrong with moving on after a heartbreak. I hope she has found someone and she finally gets her happy ending. Do not fight amongst yourselves. Please come to me. So will you confirm or deny? At least you're honest with me. So exclusive.
I have a very special guest joining us today, Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise star, the one and only Narenga Amirasinghe. He spilled so much unexpected tea last week that I decided to share a snippet for you guys in the previous episode because honestly, it would have just been too much to drop all at once. I have to drip feed you guys the goss sometimes because your ears will burn and your heads will explode if I give it to you all at once. Small doses, just like the doctor ordered. Anyway, I hope you guys are thirsty again this week because Naranga has just spilled another kettle full of hot tea. We are not worthy, honestly. What did we do in a past life to deserve Naranga? I really do not know. Here's Naranga. Should we get into it? I want to ask you about your bachelor experience. All right, let's get into it. I feel like the best way, which I said to Jamie, but we kept going off on a tangent, we'll just start at the start, go through chronological. Let's start with the bachelorette. Why did you apply? Um, I applied because I was literally single for probably a good six to 12 months. And I was like, oh, look, I kind of need like a, a change in my life, like some new experience. Like I'd traveled and... You know, done all that, had girl, long-term girlfriends, you know, having a really good job. So I was like, oh, let's give this a apply. So I applied um, and got through about half the application. And I just, I was over it. I was like, I can't do this anymore because it's quite a long application. Then you also have to do a video at the end and I was like, I don't have time for this. So I gave up. Probably 24 hours later, I get a phone call from casting saying, hey, you're going to finish your application. And I was just like, no, I'm not because I don't have time. <laughs> so and they're like, oh, that's fine. Then can you come to auditions? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and yeah, probably like two weeks later, we were in auditions. And that's where I met most of the boys from our season because they were all in, in my like audition team. Oh, cool. Like Maddie White and not, stuff. Coast Maddie White. Yeah, Adam, Scotty. What else? Who else is there? There was a big group of um, you from Jess, Queensland. Glasslow. Yeah. Um, Warwick, um, Wazza. Um, yeah, so all of us, for some reason, um, even the producer said, like, we have never cast this amount of people from one audition. Oh, wow. There's like 10 or 15 different auditions, right? Like, it goes over three days. And literally all of us were in one audition. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun time. Did you know that Angie was going to be your bachelorette? I didn't know. I only found out at the auditions because when you do all these audition role plays and stuff, they're like asking questions. And one of my questions was, oh, what do you think of Angie? And I was like, who's Angie? <laughs> and they're like, you're a bachelorette. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know. Oh, my God, so, that's so funny. Then they're like, Angie Kent, the Gogglebox girl. And I'm like, I still don't know who she is. So I didn't know until I went home. Actually, it was, a long, it was after that because I was like, I can't remember her name. But I remember Gogglebox girl. So I asked my best mate, girlfriend, and I was like, do you know this Gogglebox girl? She's like the bachelorette. She's like, yeah, it could be Angie. And when I Googled her, there was already like things saying, yeah, she's going to be the next bachelorette. So that's when I found out. Did you do like a mass investigation like Jamie did into Angie? Um, No, not really. Like I looked at her and I thought like, yeah, she's like attractive, like from pictures and stuff. So it's a different story when you're you know, in person. So I was like, oh, I just may as well wait till I see her and make my own opinion. So. And what did you think when you did meet her? Um, yeah, I thought she was like, she was pretty, but I thought she was very, it was very staged when I first saw her because obviously she had an earpiece in and, you know, the producers were telling her what to say. And so she, it felt very staged. It didn't feel like the real Angie. So she had an earpiece in as well. Cause I know that a few people have said that they do have the earpiece on that first night. 
Did she have it on yeah, other yeah. nights as well or just the first night? Um, I think she has it during the cocktail party and they're definitely in the row ceremony she has it in. She gets cues then. But it's weird that she gets has it in like when you first meet her and they say, oh, we just wanted to give her cues. But, you know, they give us cues in person. So I don't see why they need an earpiece in. So it just takes the whole the naturalness out of it all. Oh, so they're actually saying on set, okay, go again, look this way. Yeah, they're like, all right, your turn, go, go, like, and, like, they're actually talking to you. Oh, so it's kind of like, why can't you, why do you need the earpiece? Why do you need the earpiece, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So, but, yeah, like, she's definitely, definitely staged, that bit. Because you had a little recent feud with her on Instagram. Jamie reminded me of it in our interview. What was that all about? Um, well, I I noticed that Georgia Love is someone, like, still friends with quite a few of the boys from um, her season. And, like, still, obviously, she said something like, oh, I invited, like, some of the boys to my wedding or engagement party, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it was something along those lines. And, like, I thought that was quite special that she still kept in contact with these guys that she just went through an experience with and, um, like, you know, kept them in their lives. And uh, a couple of weeks before that, Angie came out and said, oh, 98% of guys were just in it for the fame, blah, blah, blah. You know, just bagged all of us out, you know. And it's like, wait a minute, you didn't really give... Some most of the guys are ten, you know. So I was, I was like, oh well, that's a, a bit of a shit thing to say. Like, don't say ninety-eight percent. That's not even accurate <laughs> because that just gives the like Carlin the two percent was like Carlin's head <laughs> that she was like genuine about. <laughs> literally, Carlin's the two percent. <laughs> yeah, literally, you know, just maybe just his body, you know. <laughs> so who knows? So you did go on for genuine reasons and you're upset that she was basically saying that you didn't. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Okay, interesting. And have, so, you're still not on good terms with her, I guess? Oh, I've never, I haven't spoken to her since I got out of the house. And right. that's the first time I've ever communicated with her. So. She's never reached out. I don't think she's really reached out to many others that weren't um, in like the top three or four, you know. Yeah, I know she talked to Jamie, but Jamie talks to everyone. So. <laughs> Someone inboxed me today saying, yeah. I know that Jamie is said he was really good friends with Angie, but... Angie's not following him on Instagram, so I don't know what his definition of friends is. So Jamie's just sliding into Angie's DMs. If you smile at Jamie, you're his friend. (laughs) And if you talk to him, you're his best friend. Yeah, best friend, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Bloody How did you feel before signing up for The Bachelor, Bachelorette? Like, signing up for it. Like, did you have any you hesitations? Mean? No, not really, hey, because I was like, I've got nothing to lose. I actually knew Sophie Tyman from year before, Honey Badger season. Um, she's from Brizzy. And I was like, oh, how did you find the experience? And she just said, yeah, it was, like, it was great. But obviously, you know, what happened to her won't happen to everyone ever again, um, hopefully. <laughs> But she just said, yeah, just go for it. Go for the open arms, just be you, because she knew, you know, knew, knew what I was like. So she said, if you're just you, they're not going to make you look bad or anything. So I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And did you, when you're in the house, did you have like a good experience? Yeah, I loved it. You loved I, it. I could have, like, yeah, like not having a phone was probably the most refreshing thing that <laughs> I have done for, yeah, since then. Yeah. Well, Paradise would be the same, but. Yeah, that was very refreshing not having a phone and just having genuine chats with everyone. So nothing negative to report back, I guess. It was positive overall. Yeah, it was definitely positive overall. I think, like, you know, what you see on TV, the drama, it's very escalated from what is real. Like, everyone's just mates in the house, you know? Like, and Angie came out and said, oh, you guys got a boys club and all that. But, like, yeah, like, we spend 24 hours a day together. Like, obviously, you're going to become closer than we are to you because we haven't spent much time with you. <laughs> True. Especially the guys that don't go on date with her, like, 
yeah, we're not close with you. Like, we're mates. Because, like, a lot of people come out and say that they were unfairly edited. How did you feel about your portrayal and how you were edited on the show? Yeah, well, I didn't really get much, like, airtime, so I didn't really get a portrayal at all, which is pretty disappointing in a way because you put so much effort and time off in your life to, you know, get some some airtime, but it is what it is, and... Yeah, I'm not going to dwell on it. There is a lot of people out there that do say they get bad, like badly edited, but it is what your character is and who you are. And I believe that the people that really believe they're good people, but they're actually not, they look at themselves in TV and go, well, that's not me because their belief in themselves is so high that they don't know what is right and wrong sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they're not self-aware. Yeah, they don't have the self-awareness, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Exactly the word. So they just look at themselves going, well... I didn't really say that. They edited that. Like, no, they didn't. Like, (laughs) you said that. (laughs) I heard you. Why do you think that they didn't show much of your Bachelorette or Paradise journey? Like, you got such an under-the-radar edit and barely any airtime. The Bachelorette, I think it's because we had such big characters. We had, you know, the Tim Kieran. They were were huge characters. Like, they they make TV. They they are it, you know. Like, that's why, you know, that's why we got ratings because, you know, those two were big characters. And um, unfortunately for us, we weren't as big, you know. Like, the gap was so different. Like, I think this year's Bachelorette, the gap wasn't so big between the big characters and the, you know, not-so-big characters. I think it was a very even part. But on our season, the character-wise and personalities was huge, you know. Like, I've I've got a pretty outgoing personality, but Tim and Kieran, they're they're, they're something else, you know. (laughs) When it comes to TV and making TV, that's them, you know. That's all them. Speaking of Tim and Kieran, you were quite vocal about the fact that you didn't support their behaviour. I mean, you almost seemed like frustrated at what Tim was doing and he even snapped at you a couple of times when you called him out. What was going on with that? What didn't we see with that whole saga? I'm assuming there was a lot more that wasn't shown. Um, yeah, well, Tim and I don't really get along. Um, I didn't really condone Tim. Join the club? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So I think there's a few people in, in that club. I know he, he can... In a way, he's a bit of a bully. He gets his humour out of bullying people and taking advantage of people. And he did that in the house um, and he did that on Paradise and he got called out for it in Paradise, um, which, you know, he kind of realised, but then he, you know, a day or two later, he, he went back into that bullying stage, um, which, you know, like, I don't, we don't condone that. No one condoned that on Paradise. I think on Bachelorette, he got away with it. And he got away with it also afterwards because he got such a good edit. And people thought, oh, he's going to get caught out, but he didn't. And Paradise, obviously, he got caught out. Um, and that's why, you know, he got such a bad rap. But I think for Kieran, Kieran got a bad rap because obviously he was, people thought, oh, he's just playing every girl. But I'm still very good friends with Kieran, but I'm not going to defend him because I'm still friends with him. But I think he just broke up out of a long term, or not a long term, but a, a relationship with Renee. And he's 25. And he was just being a single lad, you know, pretty much going out to town and picking up and having a lot of fun. And unfortunately, there was cameras when he was doing that, you know. And I think Kieran was just being a 25-year-old single guy just going out trying to pick up and just playing the field like, you know, like every other 25-year-old does a single and just broke up with their girlfriend. Yeah, but he had told Kiki that, like, him and Kiki were basically official and then he promised Jess that he was going to be with her and I think he still had something going on with Renee. I think that's what the issue was for everyone, you know? Well, did he really promise them or did this is what the girls are thinking? 
him and Kiki were he was like living with Kiki. He was staying with her before the they, show and they were well Kiki's an exception, right? But the other girls <laughs> like they came out and bagged him out as well. Like if they if Kiki wasn't the other girls wasn't involved, but Kiki had a right to be angry or whatever. But the other girls, you know, they, like they knew that he just broken up with the girlfriend. Obviously, he's going to play the field. He's not going to fall in love on the first date. True. <laughs> Don't you agree? <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I think it was more the fact Kiki. Well, obviously, Kiki was had been promised things, and Jess Brody, I guess, felt like she was just being used as a seat warmer. Um, and yeah. then obviously Renee. I don't know what well, it, people people told Jess that you know what's happening. I think. She wouldn't even know that could be coming in. Uh, oh, so she knew. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she did. I'm sure someone, would, one of the girls, would have told her because most of the girls knew. Like, I even knew Kiki was coming in. You know, so yeah. like you can't get bad tune out because he was just broken up in a relationship, and you know, like he's just he was trying to have fun. He's just being he's young, like he's like he's 25. You know. Yeah, I did feel sorry for Kiki, though, because I felt like she had been promised the world and... Yeah, well, she, she had a she's that age, and... what's she, like 30, 30 or something now? Like, of, of course she wants she's to settle down. She wants to find Yeah, like the dream man. Like, she's in such a different, like, her life, like, where she's at with life is completely different to what Kieran is. Kieran just broke out of a relationship, he's young. He just, you know, he's got all this, he's got a fan base, he just got out of the Bachelorette. You know, obviously, it's just totally different. And, you know, Kiki should have probably been a little bit smarter and not fell into it so much too, you know. I guess when you're dating a younger guy, you need to think of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like nearly eight years apart. Like, it's huge. It's a totally different mindset of what a 25-year-old is going to against a, a 33-year-old woman that's ready to settle down, probably ready to get married and have kids. You are good friends with Renee as well. Love yeah. Renee. What was your take on the whole Matt Wyatt situation? Well, obviously we met, we all met in Bali and that's the first place they met. If I was Matt, I would have just left it, you know. Obviously he thought, oh, I'm going to find a true love here, but maybe Paradise wasn't the place to do it in front of everyone, in front of Renee's next boyfriend. But, you know, he did him, he stood his ground and he did what he wanted and, you know, you can't blame him. Obviously I think differently because um, I just see a friendship with Renee and I'm good friends with Karen, but... He's their own, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to think about that situation, to be honest. Are you still friends with Matt? Yeah, I talk to him now, man. Yeah, for sure. So no bad blood. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, oh, like, I don't, I've never had bad blood with Matt, and I've never had bad blood with um, Kieran about this whole thing. I know the whole media put it out there. I'm trying to dog Kieran because I'm trying to hook up with Renee, but that's definitely not right. We're just definitely mates, and, yeah, I'm supportive of whatever she does and whatever Kieran does. So it's just Tim that you're not friends with anymore? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not Tim. Yeah, no love lost, though. No love lost. Oh, well, we'll start our own club. Yeah. People that Tim yeah. hates. <laughs> I don't hate him. I don't hate anyone, but I just, yeah, I choose not to be friended. No, I, him, so. I think Tim hates us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So let's talk about Paradise. How did you find that compared to The Bachelorette? Paradise is different. Oh, I, I haven't told you why. I, I think I, don't, I didn't get enough air time on Paradise. Why? So... On the first day, so I was the second guy into Paradise, but the edit made me look like I was like, the last guy in. So the night, the second night where the road ceremony, where Obi Chatsfield got kicked out, I was dragged in with the producers multiple times saying, Ranga, you have to keep Abby here. Like, you need to, like, you wanted her here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, um, no, I didn't. And, like, trying to manipulate me and keeping her there because they heard she was a great one that, I was going to give my rose to Mary and Jamie was going to give it to Brittany. Therefore, 
Abby was going home, so Abby was a big name, so they wanted to keep her there. So right before the growth ceremony, I got dragged aside for like, you know, the third, fourth time, um, saying, you know, we're going to make, like, we're not going to give you much air time, you know, or we're going to give you a bad edit. Like, if you don't pick Abby, like, you have to do this. And you're like, what do you think when Australia sees that you kick Australia's sweetheart out? And I was like, Abby is not Australia's sweetheart. I'm more of a sweetheart than Abby is. Australia's really sweetheart. Care. So, yeah, so it wasn't really Jamie that didn't give her a rose. It was me being forced into giving Abby a rose, but I declined because I was like, well, I'm, I don't really have any feelings here, but I'm going to give my rose to someone that I'm actually genuinely friends with. And I was friends with Abby as well, but I just got much of a better connection with Mary. So I was like, I'm going to give a friendship rose to Mary, not just because the producer's asking me to give a friendship rose to Abby. That's juicy. So yeah, juicy. So I know Jamie did promise Abby a rose, but Jamie's never going to give a rose to Abby. He's always going to give it to Brittany. And it was up to me to choose Mary or Abby. So I stuck to my guns and I gave it to Mary and now Mary's pregnant. <laughs> well, thank God you did because, yes, yeah. Mary and Connor are pregnant and the yeah. greatest love story of Bachelor ever. Yeah, 100%. So I was like, I'm going to give this friendship rose because I believe, like, it's obviously – what's happened happened now like that friendship rose ended up you know creating love and even in the future paradise if someone's gonna actually choose to give someone a friendship rose i really think they should give someone a friendship rose on who their better friend is not because of who the producers think or who's the better looking or whatever you know or like who is there for genuine reasons exactly exactly so no one ever predicted that mary would find love on that show Aww. or walk away with you know, Connor, but it just, it's meant to be and it's happened. And yeah, look what happened now. It was fate and it's all thanks to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Connor promised me uh, he's going to buy me a Ferrari one day, so I'm still waiting for it. Stuff it, a Ferrari, what? <laughs> yeah, just for him performing in love. That's so saving cute. Mary on the first one. Oh, yeah. how... It just was a bit of a joke going around, but I'm still waiting for it. God, how loaded That's is good. he to be buying Ferraris? Oh, I think he's, a, he's very well off. He's a very good businessman. So. Oh yeah. wow! And he's a very he's a very good he's a very good person as well. So I have a lot of respect for him. Oh wow! I've got to befriend Connor and hope that he buys me a Ferrari. Mary's hit yeah, the jackpot. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm their son, so oh, wow. they, um, yeah, I they w- got to treat me first. I wonder if they'll make you Godfather or something like that. Well, I think they're thinking about it. <laughs> they're definitely thinking about it. Oh. I'm going to be front row at the wedding. I'm already secure that seat. Stop it. That's so cute. Look, I reckon if we saw a reunion, if this COVID didn't happen, we would have seen a proposal on the reunion night, I reckon. Oh, I'm sad now that it didn't happen. Me too. I was looking forward to it. And I was like, this is this is gonna happen, this is it. And yeah, I'm so I'm so happy for Mary, you know, like that it happened to such a beautiful woman, you know, single mother, um, and yeah, just an absolute amazing woman. So I, yeah, I'm so chuffed that I could could have given that to Mary in in front of Abby, you know. Like, Abby's still young. She's got a whole life to live. And I just think Mary really deserves it. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Two totally different life, like stages of life as well, like, too. Abby will be fine. She'll find someone. (laughs) Abby's always got someone, so she'll be fine. (laughs) Did you know, because you and Abby are both from Brisbane, did you know Abby before Bachelor franchise? Yeah, I did. I I didn't know her personally, but I knew I her. I've had quite a few friends that uh, had a bit of a fling with her. So oh. I knew. Yeah, 
Abby's Abby's very open to her sexual sexuality, obviously. And yeah, she she spreads her out. She's a super spreader of Brisbane. Um you know, in the female category. <laughs> oh my god, Narenka. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm she, not, I'm she'd like, say yeah. that. There's nothing wrong with saying that. She'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, good on she her. Don't know, like, she don't up to that. Nothing wrong with being a single super spreader. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good on her. It's when you're in a relationship, as we established before. That's right. Yeah. Raise a boy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, was there anyone that you were hoping that would go into paradise? Like, who were you hoping to see there? I would love to see Brooke there, but... I think she was in a relationship at the time. Um, Brooke, I, Brooke Blurton. Brooke Blurton, yeah. So that was like my number one. I would have loved to have seen her there. Um, I've never met her or anything. So, but she lives, I think, in Perth now. So I think it's a bit, bit of a long distance thing. So might never see her at, at the moment. Current <laughs> climate. <laughs> Paradise round round two for you, maybe in twenty twenty two. No, I don't think I'm well and truly done. Oh, what, you wouldn't do like it if they TV. asked you? No. Why not? I wouldn't do it. I don't know. I'm just done with the TV. Like, I, I've got a really good career. I don't want to, you know, lose that um, over it. You know, like, I've got to take time off again. I'll probably have to quit. I'm going to take a couple of months off. And, yeah, it's just I did, did this thing, you know, just as an experience, not to get a career or out of it. So I'm happy where I'm in life at the moment. I know there was calls for you to be the next Bachelor. People are yeah, just I wouldn't dying do that either. for a Bachelor of Colour. What, you wouldn't do it? No. I, I like my sanity. Look at that, all the all the guys that have come off recently. <laughs> Not well in the head. <laughs> but imagine, like, having, like, 20 or 30 chicks chosen for you and, like, fawning over you. What, you wouldn't do it? You're no, mad. No, no, I wouldn't. Would you do it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm, like, I wouldn't do reality TV in general, so I'm different. You've already you, done you, it. You, you, you talk about reality TV enough to be pretty much involved in it. So. Nah, it would be my worst nightmare, <laughs> having a camera in my face and all that attention. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think you'd love it. No. You'd be able to get all this. Imagine with tea, you'd be able to get, get oh, an insider. What, spilling tea on myself? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I think you and Jamie would be the last people on earth and they would put on that show. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> they would rather burn in hell than put me and Jamie on that show. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And Jamie's kidding himself and he goes, oh, I'm going to, what did he say? He's going to dismiss the court case No, he, said, he can be the next bachelor. He said, I'll drop all the charges or the lawsuit if you make me the 2021 bachelor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. He's dreaming. Look, he would get some ratings, but oh, he's dreaming. <laughs> It'd be so good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Channel 10 are that desperate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're just referring to Jamie and not me when you say that. Oh, definitely Jamie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep me out of that, please. So how was your experience on Paradise? Did you prefer that, you know, there was like more men and women and like did you actually genuinely feel like you were going to meet someone in there? I was open to it. Like I was very open to it on The Bachelorette as well. But, and obviously I just didn't meet anyone and this wasn't meant to be. Um, but I'm not too sad about that. Like I, I got some really good friends. More friends out of it. So, um, probably the best person I got out of was Jake Ellis. Um, oh, are you friends with Jake Ellis? My, yeah, I'm probably one very, very close with him. I'm still in last weekend actually, caught up with him. He's actually a remarkable guy. I don't really you know, I've heard a few things about him in the past when he was younger. Obviously, people grow up. And yeah, he's, he's an absolute legend. I have to go with a lot of time for him. Jamie doesn't seem to be such a fan of Jake. He said he thought he was the resort guard. <laughs> yeah, because he was trying to. Jamie thought he was in with Megan Mark, so. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know what he's trying to compare himself to, but yeah, I think Jake and Jamie are totally two different vibes. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a bit of a feud going on. Yeah, I think Jake doesn't really care. I know he, but Jamie, Jamie takes it to heart. So. Well, I'm here for the feud. I've got the popcorn. I'm just sitting back and letting it all unfold. Exactly. Um, uh, maybe we should put them in a boxing ring together. Literally, maybe we should. Maybe he yeah. can replace Lockie. I know Jamie wants to fight Lockie, but maybe it should be Jake Ellis. I think it should be Jake Ellis, wouldn't it? That would be very interesting to see. I might ask them both, actually, since I'm friends with both of them. I, I don't sit on the fence with either of them. I said, if you guys don't like each other, it's not my problem. Don't bring your problems to me. So. Stay out of it. Exactly. The funniest thing I was thinking today was Jamie was mistaken. Well, they mistaked Jake for, like, when Jake walked in, they thought that he was Jamie. <laughs> so then and Jamie's well, saying he thought he was the gardener. So it's like we're just going around in circles. Well, that, that, that part is true. Well, I spent a few days with Jake before we went into Paradise um, because we were doing, you know, production stuff. And I knew exactly what he was wearing, what he looked like. Like, I spent two days in a room with this bloke. And Tim and I were at the bar and Jake walked in. And we were, we were excited saying, Jamie, Jamie. And we just, I think you can see it on TV, on the show, that we just stopped halfway and going, oh, my God, that's not Jamie, that's actually <laughs> Jake. And for some reason, it just didn't click to me that <laughs> it was Jake Ellis. Like, I just... I was with the bloke an hour ago. Were you in a room with him, like in the room with him quarantining? That's crazy. Yes, I was. <laughs> I knew exactly what he was saying and yeah, and Jake would go off it for a bit. Yeah, because yeah, you've added 20 years onto Jake, <laughs> 10 years onto exactly. Jake. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, Jake's like, I don't look like him, I don't look that bad. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, fair. But from a distance, like tall, yeah. dark hair, that's all we saw. Same stature, same colouring. Exactly, exactly. The face is totally different, obviously. That's so funny. <laughs> but you can't see that from a, you know, a couple hundred metres away. Jamie would have loved that. <laughs> no, secretly he would have loved that, but he's like, oh, don't compare me to him. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a jealousy, a little bit of a rivalry going on there. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any jealousy on Jake's behalf. There definitely <laughs> is on Jamie's. <laughs> it's a one-sided, one-sided rivalry. Absolutely, Jake could not give two fucks to be honest. But yeah, Jamie, Jamie does. Is Jake um, still single at the moment? Um, I think he's just going working things out with Megan. So oh. I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, I know they're trying to work things out. Let's hope they can. I love them together. Yeah, they're such a beautiful. Like they're both two very beautiful people. Um, but I think obviously they got their own um, differences and clashes. I did see Megan in Byron recently when I was there for you guys, and um, I think I don't know if they're together now though. I thought they were broken up. Yeah, they are broken up, but I think they they're working through it. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. So I don't know, like for people like from what we see on the outside is what listen to what two people experience. So. I hope they can work it out because they are two beautiful people. Let's talk about Paradise some more. What yeah. was Paradise like? I've had a few questions coming in with people asking, you know, what was it like day to day? What did you do all day? Like, what was the vibe? It was so fun. It was actually really fun. It's just like you're going on a par- like on an island and you get fed, you can have alcohol, um, you can work out, you can you know, play board games. Just a real chilled vibe. Like, tiki. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is like a tiki. Just with cameras, I guess. And I guess, um, yeah, you got to be a little bit more well-behaved in Kintiki, but, yeah, it's still a lot of fun. What more behaved on Kintiki than Paradise? Yeah, well, like, you can't, you can't get, you know, shit-faced. <laughs> you, you 
can get drunk, surely, but you can't. Yeah, you can't go vomiting in the bushes. Was there like after hours? Like, was naughty stuff happening after the cameras went home, or was it just always you had to be on your best behaviour because the cameras were? No, when the cameras went off, uh, well, the what did you call it? The the main like, crew, the light, the, the main crew were off. Yeah, we could like just chill out, <laughs> but the camera, the other cameras, the fixed cameras, are still on. Right, so if one if a drama happened, it would still be captured, just not as oh, good still, quality. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And like, they, your camera, your room's got a camera in it, so they can hear and see everything. Was there any like big dramas that happened that <laughs> weren't shown? Um, no, not really. I think yeah, the drama was really captured well. <laughs> they just followed Jamie around, followed <laughs> Tim around, and yeah. I didn't really have anything to lose, though. What happened on that um, infamous night when Jamie had the meltdown? Was that as it was shown? Yeah. Well, I didn't really see much of it, but, yeah, definitely. He came in and told us what happened. Because I got told it was ten times worse in real life. Oh, I'm sure it was. (laughs) Um, No doubt. Like, he says he's got a bad edit, but I reckon he's got a good edit. That's what I said. (laughs) I said they portrayed you well. I just remember him coming (laughs) back. And he said, oh, my God, I just walked out. I'm like, what do you mean you walked out? He's like, I did this. And you know, you know, you know how he reenacts things really well? He pretty much reenacts the whole lot. And it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> but I didn't know that him and Tim had a little cry. That was the funniest thing. So were you like, I'm, you're still here. How did you walk out? Yeah, he didn't re- reenact the him crying over Tim bit. But he, he reenacted the whole walking through the, um, the main doors and pretty much walking away, then he knew he couldn't get anywhere because he didn't have any passport or money. <laughs> so oh, my God. He was convinced to come back. That is so funny. I wish I would have oh. been a fly on the wall of that barada. Whatever they, what do they call those huts, baradas? Um, beret. 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 Barada. Isn't that a food? <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, I wish I was there just watching. It was... Oh, it would have been hilarious. It was quite late at night, I'm pretty sure, that when that happened. Because <laughs> it was after a bullet banquet. And yeah, it was like pretty much when the cameras were getting turned off. That's so funny. Someone wrote in and said, when did you eat as we never saw food? Did you eat on the island or were you just drinking? Oh, yeah, we could eat all the time. Like we just go to the bar and order. Like there was like a thick menu with like chips or it's not really chips or cassava it's like a, a root vegetable it looks like potato but it took us like two weeks to realize it wasn't potato and it was this cassava vegetable and it was like deep fried it was so yummy everyone had them we had burgers like whenever we wanted um but then we had our set menus for um breakfast lunch and dinner so we were very well fed so you did eat you weren't drinking on an empty stomach no we were, yeah, we were very well fed don't uh-huh. worry That's good to know. And someone else wants to know, well, actually, I ask this to most people because everyone has a different answer. I cannot figure it out. What were the alcohol limits like? It depended on who you were. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, obviously, Lipney, she she got drunk very quickly, right? So it was meant to be two drinks an hour. But if you could hold your drink, you'd get more than two drinks an hour. Lipney (laughs) maybe got one drink an hour sometimes because she got too drunk. So they assessed you on how drunk you were. So if you could keep your level head, you could have more than two drinks an hour. So it was just like a normal RSA monitoring situation? Yeah, probably like a really, really strict RSA monitoring situation. So if you're a good drunk and you could hold you could hold it out and show that you weren't, weren't a total mess, you could have more? Yeah, yeah, literally. Interesting. So, but then you, some people got caught out because like you'd get a drink and if like Litany was cut off, you'd give her your drink, but then... 
used to get some cameras a day and they come down and go, why the hell are you doing this? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So you could give other people, yeah, so you got banned from buying people, not buying, getting people other drinks. Oh, sneaky snakes. So you have to get your own. <laughs> it was a trouble. What do other people have said? Well, I know that the girl, it's more like Bachelor and Bachelorette. The Bachelor girls say that they were given unlimited alcohol and basically... <laughs> Like had their drinks spiked and they were force feeding them alcohol and shots. But the boys more are like, we had a really strict drink limit. Like it was two per hour or one per hour or whatever it is. Um, and they were monitoring it. Like they had a literal chart to monitor the drinks. But the girls were like, yeah. we were wasted and vomiting in the bathroom. Oh, I reckon they would have been monitored as well, but they just can't handle the two. Imagine two drinks an hour, right? You start drinking at like three o'clock in the afternoon before the cameras start going. Like they give you beers. Two drinks an hour, like for six hours, that's 12 drinks. Normally 12 drinks is, for a girl, is you're fasted. <laughs> True. Well, like a 10-hour day, like you would be probably a good 10-hour day. You start three, probably finish at one or two o'clock at night, like the rose ceremony. Um, yeah, probably 20 drinks you, you'd probably put through. <laughs> like when you, you go out this weekend and put 20 drinks down in 10 hours, see how that goes. So it's like literally the same as what it is on the outside, but everyone's just like, it's on TV, it's different. I, yeah, probably, yeah. I probably have some nights out where I'd have 20 drinks, 20 vodkas, easily. Is that a lot? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're shit-faced, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, exactly. God, exactly. I hope they're not having 20 vodkas on camera because that would just be bad news. That was That's a recipe for disaster for anyone. Oh, I reckon we would have drunk. Oh, I think there was... We saw the tally and there was, yeah, there was probably 20 drinks. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Speaking of Brittany Weldon, she had a huge meltdown when you asked her out on a date. What the hell happened with that? Um, well, Brittany, that day was like, she had a big day that day because Jackson and Jackson came in and she was just, and Jamie was really stuffing her up, saying no to like dates with Jamie and like, she was very emotional that day then. When I got the date card, I didn't expect it. I was like, I'm no one here to pick. Like, literally no one. Probably an hour earlier, Cass was like saying all those nasty stuff that you heard on camera. And I was like, I'm not picking Cass. I'm done with her. Like, she's such a rude person. I don't even know why I'm wasting my time. So I was like, the only girl here that's single and I would be like, have time of my life with is Brittany. And it wasn't me trying to get to know Brittany, like, like, boy, in love with Brittany. It was me to have Jeremy have a good time. And, like, throughout the whole experience, her and I had the biggest laugh. Like, we had the best time. And to this day, we go out, have, have drinks, and, like, we have the best time. And I thought, let's go on a little date. You know, that's friends. That will be a big, like, a, like an awesome time. And just because she was such a big day, she thought, damn, like, oh, and Ranga's trying to, like, you know, get with me or, or, like, you know, find a connection here. But I wasn't like that. So that whole day was full of emotions and it just everything hit her at once and she was, you know, obviously drunk as well. So she it just hit her. But probably an hour after, like, all that happened, she came up and said, I'm really so sorry. Like, I realised, like, I would love to go on, like, a date with you, but obviously I'd probably when and tell Kat that I would take her. And, yeah, like, I wish it turned out a different way like I would have loved to go on the date with her oh so she did apologize to you yeah 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 she came back like real like probably an hour later said I'm so sorry like I didn't mean this whole tantrum like I had a big day I'm emotional and yeah that she she just literally apologized she's like I knew it wasn't anything like that but 
I just wasn't thinking straight. She was drunk. Yeah. Do you think that she just basically, this is how I interpreted it. I feel like she didn't want to let Jackson out of her sight because she was worried that Cass was going to swoop in. Well, that too. And like, she was just full of emotions, you know, she just didn't know where her head was at and she just lost it. Was so, that not in a bad way? Was that hard for you being rejected like that? Because it was quite brutal how they aired it. Um, yeah, like I think they didn't really edit much out of that. Like that's how it happened. But it just looked like like I knew what was going on. I knew she was upset because of everything that happened during the day, and it was like a shock to her. So I was understanding. So I was probably the only person that could understand. Even like the viewers or the cast members were like, "Oh, what the hell is going on?" Um, so I was very understanding, but. Yeah, it was very, very blase about it. Not blase, very out there. Yeah, it was. they made it quite savage on camera, like porn or anything. It was very rejected, savage on camera. And they didn't obviously show yeah. the apology. Yeah, no apology, nothing. Yeah, they, they really showed that. But it was, it was savage. Like, it was, it did come out that way, but I didn't take it that way. And I guess with the external factors and everything else that we didn't get. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't, not much of that was edited. Everything was quite true. You know? like everyone goes, oh, it's huge editing, but there was, there's not much editing that does go on. It's what you see is what you get. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, um, absolutely. So one person that you didn't see eye to eye with, which was quite prominent, was Cassandra Mamone. So you actually called her out after the show when it when it was airing and said that, you, well, you actually called her racist, didn't you? No, I didn't call her racist. I just called her out and I just said that for the first probably... A week she was like i don't know his name i don't know and blah 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 and i was like yeah whatever like probably a little bit of a joke then probably i don't know when it was but it was a few days after that we were all having like we were sitting around i think it was like breakfast or something and she we were talking about like who takes you back to your family and she goes oh i wouldn't take rank i couldn't take rank back to uh, my family because from where it's from <gasps> and like it came some people think like it came out as like oh this is from Brisbane, but I was like, no, like, it's from, because I'm from Sri Lanka. Like, <laughs> Brisbane, I hate Brisbane people. No jokes. And I heard it, um, and, you know, a couple of other girls heard it that was there. And yeah, and I didn't take that very, very nicely. So, not, and anyone else shouldn't, you know. So. That's horrible. Did you confront her about that? Um, no, I just, I didn't confront her about anything, um, really. Like, when she was being like that, she was being quite nasty to a lot of people, you know, especially behind their back, as you saw on camera, you know, they caught her out on it mm. so so. She, so she said that before you went on that date with her oh yeah this is well before that day oh wow and i kind of forgot forgot about all that um and i just turned a blind eye to it you know that would have been super awkward wouldn't it have been like going on that date knowing she'd said all those horrible things about you yeah but i was just like well i got convinced a little while like from mary she's like oh she's actually a nice person like she comes across that way but i think she comes like you know with a good heart but from my experiences from now, like, especially after that, I'm like, no, when people say this, it doesn't come from a good place, you know? Like, these are actually quite horrible, nasty people. Like, I shouldn't be associating with people like that. So, yeah, it's a very good life lesson, I think. Has she ever apologised to you for her behaviour during that date or on the show or, you know, even no. stuff that went down after the show? It got quite messy there between you guys. Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all. Not an apology. So, yeah, like, I don't know, it's too late now, so I wouldn't really accept an apology now. 
And I think it wouldn't really matter, matter to her, to be honest, because she thinks she hasn't done anything wrong when she clearly has, you know, like all those things she said, not just about me, but, you know, everyone else. It's not, it's not right. It's, and you can't edit those things. What did she say about other people that wasn't aired? Or um, was it all aired? Talking, pretty much everything was aired. Just behind their backs. Like, she was very nasty to someone's back. And, like, she'd be really nice to someone's face. Then all of a sudden, when no one's there, just talking to, like, some other people should just, Hammer people, you know, like really bring bring them down. You know, like it was awful. Like it wasn't even as a joke. It was just like she'd say something like really nasty, and you just have that little giggle, like as like uh, like the real evil witch giggle, <laughs> and like you knew like she was meaning it. Like you're not, you're not joking here. Like you mean this shit. Like getting so, some sort like, of satisfaction out of the nasty joke. Yeah, legit, legit. Crazy. So, and she's like 35. She's just no better. And she's wondering why she can't get a guy, you know? Like, look in the mirror, you know? Look at your actions. She was as bad as she was portrayed, I guess. Like, is it was her portrayal accurate? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because we, we, we all knew. We were all talking up to and saying, Catherine's going to look really bad. Like, real bad. Um, I'm not sure when you're going to get Mary on here, but she'll, she was like, <laughs> I'm really worried. I'm really worried for Kath. I'm really worried for Kath. He's going to get really, like, badly edited. And I was like, yeah, like, and she did. Like, it wasn't a surprise to any of us. Interesting. So, yeah. So, it wasn't, it wasn't out of the ordinary that she got that edit. It wasn't really an edit. It wasn't it was a shock. Just, and it, was, it was reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> for once, we got the reality. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there were some things that you posted on social media after the show and you were referring to someone. Who were you referring to? Can you say? In my contact, it was uh, referring to someone. Wasn't it you said something about well, someone was racist and you said someone didn't get a someone's complaining about a bad edit and they weren't they didn't get the oh, bad that edit. Was, Is that, that Cass? That was that was Cass. Oh, okay. okay. What 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 did yeah. the post say? I think it said um when one particular comes out saying they got a bad edit, it infuriated me. There were so many more nasty comments to me and other people. One particular moment telling several people they wouldn't take me back to the parents because of where I was from. Can't pronounce my name and doesn't even know where I'm from. I accept rejection. It's life. But this I don't. Not once have they ever apologized. You know the one. So that's Cass? Yes, Cass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Confirmed. Suspicions confirmed. confirmed. <laughs> Well, I never called a racist. I'm not like everyone says, oh, you called a racist. Like, I didn't call a racist. So, I actually got a call from Kira McGuire actually saying, you called Cass racist, how dare you? I'm like, I didn't call a racist. You didn't know what I fucking said. Like, get your facts right. I don't know where that came from because I thought that you had as well. Yeah, I think people were saying that. They just assumed I said racist. Like, I put that word in there, but I didn't. I was literally think I said. That's all the Naranga tea I have for you guys today. I do have a little bit more left of my chat with him. So if you enjoyed that, make sure you tune in again next week. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. Detective Megapus on the Fraser Neat case again this week. Honestly, this is the investigation that I wish I was no longer conducting. And I never thought I would say that. I truly thought there could not possibly be any more evidence or leads and that the case was finally closed, signed, sealed, delivered. But it has been reopened again this week with even more fresh evidence landing on my desk. Make it stop. 
After all the girls that have come forward to me claiming that they've slept with Fraser since the show wrapped, I think there's about eight in total now, which is just crazy. Then after his secret girlfriend Cheyenne's claims, plus even more claims from Naranga last week, who said that he'd seen texts and even photographs proving that Fraser had cheated on Ellie and that numerous girls had also come forward to him claiming that they too had slept with him since filming wrapped. Like every week, I think surely this has to be it. Surely there cannot be any more claims of infidelity. But wait, there is more. Witness 1078 says, I met a girl out last night who told me she had sex with Fraser straight after he left Newcastle last week. She showed me the exchange of messages but wasn't willing to send them to me. All I can say is, wow, he most definitely is the biggest super spreader. So she was originally talking to my guy friend and I overheard her talking about looking after a dog named King. My ears pricked up and I was like, are you talking about Fraser? And then she launched into a big convo about him and basically she's been seeing him for quite a while. She said, brackets, allegedly, this is what Fraser has told her. Ellie and Fraser's relationship is completely fake and due to their contract. She looked after the dog while he was visiting Ellie last week. She saw him when he got back. They had sex the night he returned. I didn't believe her until she showed me all of the messages between them. Absolutely wild. This girl is very young and seemed quite naive. He's promising her a relationship when things settle down for him. But from the text I read, he's definitely just leading her along. He seems to only message her when he either wants sex or needs a babysitter for his dog. His poor dog has 27 different mums. So I told her to get in touch with you and she was adamant about remaining anonymous because she genuinely thinks she's in a relationship with him. She said Fraser gets quite aggro when she, quite rightly, questions him about things. Poor silly girl. In any case, it just validates everything you've discovered so far about Fraser. Wow, 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 wow. Honestly, you could not make this shit up. He is beginning to sound like the Dirty John of reality TV. I am mind blown. But wait, there is even more. Witness 1079 says, I met a girl out last night who said she had sex with Fraser last week. She showed me the text from him. Her name is Maddie and she said she's looked after his dog before. He's a very busy man. Witness 1080. Fraser is not with Ellie. It's all for contract's sake. They have to keep it on the down low and no one is meant to know yet. Did you notice that Fraser never posted pics with Ellie whilst on the show? Only of himself. The man is not the datey girlfriend type and he got himself in far too deep. At this stage, the only thing he can do is move to Bolivia and change his identity. <laughs> Honestly, this is a lot, even for me. Like this is messed up, even for my standards. Like I have met a lot of fuckboys in my time, but this guy takes the cake. In fact, he takes the whole all-you-can-eat dessert buffet. Warning. <coughs> oh my God. Okay, let, let's focus. That's all the tea I've got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this episode, in particular my chat with Narenga. I've got more Narenga next episode. He's going to talk about diversity in the Bachelor franchise and answer all of your burning questions. Lots of tea still to be poured. Next week on Tuesday, I also have stage four of the Jamie Doran miniseries. We are officially over the halfway mark and it's the episode everyone has been waiting for. Jamie reveals all the details about his legal battle with Warner Brothers. He answers all of the questions I had for him about that. We left no stone unturned. I literally put Jamie in the interrogation box during our chat. It was good practice for him anyway. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review. Five stars only, of course. 
The reviews honestly help me more than you know. So if you do have a spare 10 seconds, please leave one. And please keep sharing. So dramatic around more than Fraser shares himself around Brisbane. Each week I pray that I don't have to use that line again, but each week I am more disappointed in him than classmates working together on a group assignment. Please post a screenshot wherever you're listening to the episode on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, etc, etc. My favourite one from this week was a listener who was watering the garden whilst listening to So Dramatic. I hope my toxic gossip killed all the weeds. Thank you for listening to another episode of So Dramatic. See you next Tuesday. Good luck, good riddance, and goodbye. Ciao for now. Kind regards. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So Dramatic with Megan Pacetto.